welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, even before we get started, I want to give a shout out and let people know that on Sunday, it's going to be 88 degrees at three o'clock at the start of the march, leaving the Jimi Hendrix Park. Therefore, uh, there will not be a rally in the Martin Luther King Park. I'm not going to respond to somebody getting heat stroke. We will have all that activity at the Holgate Street Church of Christ with the blessings of the shepherd of the house, Minister Jimmy Hurd. He's welcoming, and he does say, by the time they get here, they will need some air conditioning. It's only like a half a mile, but the symbolism is what's great. And that is, is that 60 years ago, uh, after the March on Washington, D.C. for jobs and freedom, the next year, Blacks got the Civil Rights Act of 64. And the following year, Blacks got the right to vote with the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And as you know, a lot of folks are so comfortable right now. Uh, the Supreme Court, led by Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, is ripping away at our rights. And he's really unfortunate because he everything he gained was through affirmative action. Uh, he's been a hypocrite for a long time. So anyway, I want to go right to uh, uh, Raymond Miller, who is uh, the uh, chair of the NAACP Area Conference, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, uh, veteran of Veteran uh, Armed Services and Veteran Affairs Committee, and he also is the lead organizer for the 60th anniversary observation that will be held in Snohomish County. So, Raymond, thank you very much for being here, and thank you for the work that you're doing. So, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit how our neighbors up north are doing outside of Martin Luther King Jr. County? Thank you so much, Mr. Rye, for having us here today, and uh, we are doing wonderful in Snohomish County. We have a great weekend of events planned in Snohomish County coming up beginning on Saturday. On Saturday, we're going to have a uh, program in the Snohomish County Courthouse Plaza uh, in Everett, Washington, where we will be talking about the um, events of that day, as well as we have a group of about 20 young, young people who just returned Two weeks ago from Washington, D.C., and they spent it there and they're going to share their stories and their experiences with us. Uh, we have the uh, county executives going to issue a proclamation for the day on the 60th anniversary for the march coming from Snohomish County. And on Sunday, we have asked all of our clergy to put uh, something in their uh, message that Sunday morning about the, the program and, uh, and, and all the clergy in Snohomish County. And uh, on uh, Monday, we're going to have a, a video uh, conference, uh, Zoom thing. We're going to show the, the original speech that Dr. King gave 60 years ago. We're going to have a panel discussion with myself being one of the members on the panel, as well as some of our youth that coming back from Washington, D.C. And then we're going to open up for question and answer. And that's going to be what the Snohomish County is uh, doing for this 60th anniversary then you said is that uh you know the march is 60 years ago led to the the march in the, uh, the civil rights act and the voting rights act civil rights act of 1964 the voting rights act of 1965 and uh we also have the blowing black employees association president speaking that day and uh that were also that march also led to prior to 1965 uh, there were very few African-Americans employed by the Boeing Aircraft Company, and that led to the, that also led to March, indirectly led to the expansion of African-Americans getting employed. 
And it was jobs and freedom was the march theme back 60 years ago. So it's a continuation and we're going to keep on fighting and keep on pushing. we got a lot of work to do, as you said, with the Supreme Court uh, decisions and the um, uh, voter nullification uh, legislation that are going around the country and um, and, and all the other things that are going on. So uh, uh, someone said that Washington State is, is blue on uh, blue on paper, but uh, red by position on what they, what they act. When so African Americans are always seem to be at the end of the of the of the line. So we're going to keep pushing and keep moving forward. You can say that again. Uh, in twenty twenty one, African American businesses did point one eight percent with the state uh, government, and after Governor Inslee signed his uh, executive order uh, in January of twenty twenty two. African-Americans did 0.22%. So uh, some people said, are you going to go to the signing ceremony? No, I want to <laughs> go. I, I'll go for results, but not for intentions, because that's foolish to me. But why don't you take a minute or two and just talk about uh, some of the folks who were organizing at the march. And uh, I personally had, I got a chance to meet 8 Philip Randolph. My dad was a Pullman porter and was uh, in 1948 assigned to be the Northwest organizer for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. And right. A. Philip Randolph had a very strategic plan how he dispatched those men. And it was the only union that a black man could belong to. So why don't you just share or take a minute or two and share with us who was at that march and who were some of the organizers? Well, the organizers, um, well, as I said, A. Philip Randolph was the lead organizer. We got to remember that the NAACP and Roy Wilkinson was the president, or the executive director of the NAAC at the time as well as the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was led by then a young, uh, fresh John Lewis, 23-year-old, uh, was one of the speakers at, at, the, at the march. And uh, so it was a, a collaboration of many civil rights organizations that, that, that hosted that march. And, uh, you know, Dr. King was an invited speaker. Uh, everybody forgets that. Uh, he wasn't really one of the organizers, but he did have, I think out of 18 people spoke that day, he was the 17th speaker. And so um, uh, that was a, a a big event. And those were some of the key folks that were really involved in it. Lots of others. Uh, National Islam was very involved in it as well. That was not uh, uh, pretty published at the time, but uh, they were there as, as well. And uh, so uh, Elijah Muhammad was, uh, he wasn't an organizer, but he was a, but the Fruits of Islam was one of the, well, I did a lot of the security for the march. Well, that's good to hear. That was one time that we had, we didn't have any Clarence Thomases around. We probably did, but they weren't as visible or in a, a position to hurt us as much yeah. as, as he is. But Raymond, I want to thank you uh, very much. I, uh, I think Hayward Evans is on the line. Uh, he is a uh, co-convener of the Seattle MLK Organized um, Commemoration Committee. Hayward, are you on there? He must be on his phone. So anyway, while we wait for Hayward to, to appear, I just no, want to- No, no, I'm here, no, brother. I, I got to give a shout out now, so I don't, you hold on one second. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. They own the African Lounge and the Mountain Room Bar. Two of the brothers were officers and veterans of the Iraq War. And uh, now they are having an opportunity at the airport. The Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office, uh, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, 
And want to let people know that uh, NAM has a gala coming up. So it'll be October 6th. The event will be at the Four Seasons Hotel. And uh, we'll have uh, Lanisha DeBartleben, Reverend Executive Director, President Lanisha DeBartleben on in the very near, near future to hear about uh, all of the stuff that's going to be going on. So, hey, well, can you take a couple of minutes and let us know where we are? We know Minister Jimmy Hurd said we don't have to be in the 88 degree weather. We can be in the uh, air conditioned comforts of the Holgate Street Church of Christ after the march. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you, Eddie, for having me. And first, let me let me thank the uh, Seattle Department of uh, Parks and Recreation. They were setting tents up for us, tables, chairs, everything, and and uh, the podium PA system. So I'm going to thank the uh, City of Seattle Parks and Recreation. Let me yeah, start with deserve one. Thank you. Hey. And, and so, and, and I want to thank our Reverend uh, Minister Jimmy Hurd for allowing us to be in Holgate Street Church of Christ, right there across the street from the tennis court. But on another note, interestingly, we look at it in 1863. We look at we look at the assassination of uh, Lincoln and what we're going to do, and then 1963 and the March on Washington. And now it's 2023, and we're continuing the struggle, Eddie. I mean, come on, what what is this? 200 years since the Civil War, and we're still here. And we have uh, people like uh, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Where are we going? We need everybody out there for our marching rally. We're looking at the 25th, August 25th, a preach-in. Great ministers like Reverend Dr. Steve Baber, Reverend Dr. Linda Smith, uh, all these reverends and ministers who are coming out. And Rabbi Daniel Weiner, I believe. And the rabbi. Yeah. And, and you know, to support what we're doing. And then okay. on, on Saturday, uh, Tana, uh, Tana. Tana, yeah, she's on next, Hayward. Oh, but what she's doing. She's what on she's next, doing so. is fabulous for the yeah. youth program. And Claude Burfecht, he was there. Lim Howe, he was there. These these people that can speak to the issues and what we're doing. Okay. And then on uh, uh, Sunday, the marching rally from NAM, the uh, Northwest African American Museum, down to Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park. It, it's so critical that we're yeah, there. Yeah, down to the church. Well, look, we, hey, well, we're going to go ahead and go with Tana so she can give her report, and then we'll have uh, the other guests talk about the panel discussions on Monday. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll get together right after the program so we can take care of some more of the business we need to take care of. So, uh, Tana, why don't you go right ahead? We'll be joined by uh, Lincoln uh, Wilmore and also Chardonnay Beaver. My bad. Yes. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be doing this event for the young people and, and really even black, brown and indigenous folks, because this youth event is actually also it's an opportunity and resource event. Um, we're going to be converging down on. Twenty three hundred Massachusetts, South Massachusetts Street at NAM, Northwest African-American Museum. Doors will be opening at 10 o'clock. We're going to start the day with a fabulous brunch. 
uh, from Simply Soulful. We're going to feed you, get you ready, because it's going to be a full day of a lot of activities. Um, and then like uh, Mr. Rice said, we're going to have our young leaders take charge. Lincoln Wilmore of FAST, you'll be hearing from him soon. And Ms. Chardonnay Beaver, who will be our keynote speaker. Um, the gentleman that is going to sing the Black National Anthem, when you hear this, it's just really going to set folks' soul on fire because uh, when he auditioned, it just, he really put chills to me. So I'm really excited to let y'all see that. Then Mr. Cloud Burfecht did help with getting us wonderful, Cloud Burfecht and Kevin Allen, matter of fact, um, we got the trade unions coming in to speak to the young folks. Um, we really want to push getting... We want young folks to come. We believe 12 and 13 is good. We, we said 12 to 25, we want young folks to come. The younger ones to come just so they can start thinking about their careers as, as well, but especially 18 to 25, come. This is going to be a hiring situation. We're not bringing you here to just talk. We're bringing you here to get you some awesome career occupations with starting where you'll get trained and you'll be starting out at $50,000 a year. And I know it's going to be some people that's over 25 that wants to come. We're just saying just come because um, what's happening is there's billions of dollars coming to Washington State. So the trade unions are hiring. Everything that we lost with I-200, that is turning around with billions of dollars coming in. We got maritime, we got construction, we have um, labor unions coming. I can just lift, list off a uh, Port of Seattle is coming and they are coming. They all have room. They want young people of color or black, native, brown to come and take advantage of getting apprenticeships, uh, going to trade schools and getting into some of these great occupations that um, once you get in there, you could be making $17,000 a month. Some of these occupations in maritime will get you up to 250000 a year. These are the jobs that we were shut out of 25 years ago when I-200 hit. And so we, they need us. They're building up the whole state. There's work available. Don't worry about any past record. Don't worry about anything negative or the barriers that you've been accustomed to because of the system, systemic racism that's been going on. These people are coming to help and there's gonna be mentorship too. So we're not gonna put you in these situations and then just leave you hanging for whatever might come. Well, for what you know what's gonna come. We're gonna be there to support you so that once you get in there and you start working and if you're having any issues, we're gonna support you young people all the way because we're gonna bridge this economic gap. Okay, we've been joined by uh, Chardonnay Beaver and uh, Lincoln Wilmore and I'll go to uh... Chardonnay, uh, if she could just uh, go ahead and uh, give us a little bit about who she is. Most people know her because she's such an esteemed person in the community, and she is uh, the granddaughter of uh, uh, the fax founder, Fitzgerald Beaver, and her daddy is uh, Dennis Beaver, uh, and her grandmother is Liz. So anyway, uh, Chardonnay, why don't you take a minute or two and let people know, because you're a recent graduate from the University of Washington. That's why on Facebook, I posted your graduation polls with your purple and white. So that's on Facebook. But anyway, people liked it, but go right ahead. Well, good afternoon. I hope everyone's well. Thanks for having me. Uh, as it was mentioned, all of my lineage. <laughs> my name is Chardonnay Beaver. I am a multimedia storyteller, influential speaker, and freelance journalist born and raised in Seattle. I am a sixth generation Seattleite. 
I went to Garfield High School, proud Bulldog, and also to the University of Washington. I double majored in political science and journalism and public interest communication, coupled that with a diversity studies minor. And I'm so excited to be with you both today, everyone who is here, and uh, also to be the keynote speaker on Saturday for the youth. I feel like this generation is in need of hope. And I also feel like this generation is in need of direction. It wasn't too long ago when I was a youth. And because of that, I understand some of the challenges that folks are enduring. Uh, everything that I do, whether it be production or storytelling or writing, the premise of that, the three pillars that I stand by are faith, purpose, and identity. And so they'll get a little bit of that, as well as my journey into storytelling and journalism to give them hope about options and routes that they can take. Most people in media haven't actually gone to school or had to be trained, but just have the gift of connection and storytelling. And so my story is a little bit different, but I am excited to really embark on that, embark on that journey with them. So bring your kids. We need the youth. <laughs> okay, well, let's go to the, one of the, another one of the young speakers, uh, Mr. Lincoln Wilmore. Uh, hello, my name is Lincoln Wilmore. Um, I am 18 and I attend Lakeside High School. Uh, I'm a senior this year. Um, I represent Fathers and Sons Together, um, the organization, and also uh, my own section of that is We Are Amazing 365. Um, which is a brand and also a movement to inspire, empower, and elevate our youth, especially in this community. Um, I love poetry. I often do uh, different like poetry around uh, places, continuing to try to uplift the community. I am interested in politics. Um, I'm an athlete. And uh, also, yes, um, I will be the, the youth MC of this event coming up. Um, and I'm really passionate about this affirmative action and uh, being able to share my story and share others. So really excited to be here with you guys today. And so what what do you what would you encourage young folks to do? You're 18 now. Mm -hmm. uh, you're able to register to vote. Uh, what would you tell young people your age who said, hey, my vote doesn't make a difference? What would you have to say to them? I would say um, that voting, it, it's often that uh, when talking to other youth, that they believe that their vote doesn't make a change or that it's not relevant at all because it doesn't really affect them. But I would argue, especially even with this affirmative action case coming up uh, or the affirmative action case that did happen, I would argue that you must vote because it does affect like your very, it affects like your very life. And I think it's hard for uh, you to like comprehend that. Um, but I would inspire them that voting uh, not only helps you in the present, but also like helps you in the future and also like helps like future generations. So um, I would encourage them to like continue to vote and also um, kind of like teach them about like the certain cases that are going on that affects their very present life. Thank you very much, Lincoln Moore. Very well said. We got one minute for Chardonnay to make a comment, one minute for Tanya, Tanya to make a comment, Tanya to make a comment. Well, I'll say this, uh, Lincoln, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And uh, I think that one thing that we could really teach our youth is how to be authentic and what their natural gifts and abilities are. I know for myself, media storytelling, I thought about the epidemic of gun violence going on here in Seattle and how do we bridge that gap or even studying political science, how do I use my voice in a meaningful way? And so it's about equipping them 
Um, I also want to share ways for people to follow. You can follow me at Charday Beaver on Instagram and um, also keep in touch through the event. So there you go. Show up, show up. <laughs> you got to show up. You got you got to stand up, show up and speak up for our rights. So go ahead, uh, Madam Leader. You got about one minute. Tana? All right. I would just I would just like to say you all come out to NAM. 30, 2300 South Massachusetts Street, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for an engaging experience. I'm excited to see what Lincoln and his amazing 365 have planned. He talked to me about the, what they're going to do. They're, they are coming with fire. They are going to be speaking to our leaders, our politicians, and our community leaders. We Come to hear these young people. Come support these young people. It's time for them to take up the torch and they're doing the continuation and they need to have us at their back. Well, uh, State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, Chair of the House Education Committee and the prime sponsor of the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, also known as McKinney Center, the six-story facility that's on 22nd and Jackson uh, is now in the hands of the community once again. So I want to thank you guys for the work you're doing. Uh, any questions after the program, give me a call. I'll see if I can clear them up for you. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and come back uh, with uh, Stan Chikumu. Is Stan on? Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out Orca Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, who is Stan Chikumu, who is president of the Seattle chapter of the Japanese American Citizens League. And the one thing I, you need to know about the Japanese American Citizens League, not that I got the Sam Soji, the 2011 Sam Soji Community uh, Award, but uh, in uh, 1965, JACL was in Selma, Alabama. And in 2015, they were back there again, supporting African-Americans to get their rights. So anyway, Stan, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Stan will also be speaking at the rally as well. Stan, it's not going to be in the park. It's going to be 88 degrees, so we're going to be at the whole <laughs> Church of Christ. So I'm I'm a little too old to be out there in that kind of weather. So uh, anyway, Stan, why don't you just take a few minutes and let folks know who you are. Well, thanks, Eddie, for having me here. This is such an important occasion, 60th anniversary. 
And JCL was actually at, uh, had a contingent at the, the march itself um, back in 63. So uh, we're the Japanese American Citizens League. We're one of the oldest and largest of uh, Asian American uh, civil rights organizations uh, formed in 1929. We've always had uh, interest in civil and human rights. We were started by fighting alien land laws, uh, mm. you know, laws that prohibited folks of specific uh, races or ethnicities from owning land, um, citizenship laws, because, uh, you know, for so many years, it was only white men who could vote and be citizens. And then after emancipation, they added African-Americans, Blacks to the list, um, but they excluded Asians. So um, that, that's been an issue uh, we fought for uh, fair housing policies and against anti-miscegenation laws through the decades. Uh, so a lot, a lot of uh, common struggles uh, where our our communities intersect. And when in World War II, when all the Japanese Americans got taken off the West Coast and locked up in camps, um, some of the few friends that we had who stood up for us were. Um, some Quakers and uh, some black journalists down in LA um, and neighbors, because because of segregation and redlining, uh, you know, there are only certain places in town where black folks and Asian folks could live, and so they often intermingled. So um, some of the friends who would come to the gates of, of the camps were the black neighbors that folks had. Um, so we remember all that. Uh, and that that history of struggle, um, that uh, none of us are truly free until we're all free, I think resonates. And the messages of the civil rights movement and, and Dr. King in particular really resonate with our community. Stan, what was that that we worked on the Jesse Jackson for president campaign? Was that the 84 campaign, the first campaign? Uh, both. I was in 84 and 88. That's what I thought. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So 84, I, so I, I was like uh, helping to organize people to go to the caucuses because, I mean, like nobody understood the caucuses, including me. So, yeah. so we were trying to do some education around what is a, a Democratic Party caucus? Who can go to it? And how do you vote? And, all that and how do you divide up you know the delegates coming up so i was trying to help with the education piece on that part and then uh in 88 i was um so fortunate to be selected as one of the delegates from washington state when we went to atlanta and that was amazing yeah. experience yeah well in 84 uh we won one legislative district, but uh, Jesse Weinberry unseated Bill Burns incumbent in the 43rd district. Yep. And the other thing about that Jackson campaign is that uh, for Blacks, we got a chance to be at all levels of the campaign, the King County Convention, as you mentioned, the caucuses, uh, the platform committee, uh, and uh, because of Reverend Jackson running in 84 and 88, more people of color ran than ever before. 
And by 88, with the leadership of Charles Rollin, who actually computerized the whole uh, uh, campaign, uh, uh, did even better. And yeah. a lot more folks were elected. And I can recall that uh, David Dinkins was a uh, chair of the Jackson campaign in New York. And he became mayor, I think, in 1991 because of the people that got organized, that experience of how to process work. And also uh, Doug Wilder, who ended up being the governor of Virginia, believe it or not, a black guy back then, looking at Virginia mm -hmm. now. He was uh, the Jackson campaign manager for the, for the state of Virginia, and then he went on to become governor. So a lot of people got elected. Uh, people started understanding the system. And yep. if you had to encourage young folks right now, uh, President Shakuma, what would you encourage them to do to get engaged? Oh, well, a number of things. One is, is be sure you get your education. Um, you know, getting your degree, high school degree, and if if you so desire a college degree is really important because that kind of gives you the credibility when you go out and go into the workforce. Um, but volunteer, you know, find someone who can be a mentor, who's someone you admire, who's doing something for the community and try to learn from them, volunteer with them, work with them. So, you know, there's, uh, now there's a number of uh, people of color in the state legislature, uh, in city government, county government. Um, so it's a lot more open than it was even back in the 80s. And I think we have more respect now. Because I, I remember in the, the Jesse Jackson Rainbow Coalition campaigns, when Charles Rollin was leading us, a lot of the other campaigns were very disrespectful. And that really bothered me. And they kind of thought, well, this guy doesn't have any experience. He, you know, they're not going to do anything. But like, we took a whole lot of delegates to, to Georgia. And based off of that performance, Charles, you know, eventually became the Democratic Party chair in the state of Washington, because mm -hmm. they realized this guy knew how to organize. Um, and he could turn out votes. So I would say, to young people, you know, set your dreams, set your expectations high, and don't let other people put you down or discourage you from it. Because, you know, everybody is equal and everybody has ability. And you just got to realize your potential and build on it and find the people who can help you do that. Very well said, President Stan Shikumu. So, uh, Everybody, I want you to know he will be one of the speakers at the rally at Holgate Street Church of Christ. So he will uh, be there. So, uh, Stan, thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you on. Uh, it's a short march, so it's going to be hot, but it's only about about six or seven blocks. So, and when we get there, we're going to have uh, cold water, and that's what I got to organize, making sure the water and all the stuff is there because folks are going to be suffering. We might give them some water before they leave for, leave the march. That might be even better. So uh, we want everybody to be safe. So Stan, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. And thank you very much for uh, for, the, for your contributions. And uh, uh, that was a good uh, history lesson about the Jackson campaigns as well. So let people know how it all got started. Okay, Stan, thank you very much. Thank you, Eddie. Okay, uh, wanna go to uh, Dr. Tracy Harrell. 
has been doing a lot of work uh, for this entire uh, uh, dream unfinished, continuation, not commemoration, which is very appropriate. And that was a theme that uh, the pastors came up with, and it was very appropriate. So uh, 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 Dr. Tracy, why don't you give us an update on your endeavors uh, in terms of this uh, weekend's events? I love it. I love it when you say my endeavors. <laughs> my endeavor, Eddie Rye, is to really support anything that you're a part of. So when I heard you talking about the commemoration, of course I got excited. But when you listen to the thing, Dream Unfinished, not a commemoration, but a continuation, it just perfectly aligned to the work that we're doing in community. I know Dr. Carter was planned to be joining us today. He's actually in another four-day session. Um, and has some issues with his son as well. So I told him we, I'd be happy to stand in. But what's really exciting is on Friday is a preaching, right? It's going to be at Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church in Renton. But we've also created a space for people to come and tell their story. So we've created from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. your documentary, Eddie, that you uh, commissioned the uh, Clyde Merriweather and, and that team, they're actually going to be at MLK Church. And for anyone who wants to come and tell their story, we're going to have two video opportunities. They're the Cadillac experience, right? They're the ones bringing the full production studio. And we want people to answer some simple questions. Like, what does the theme, Dream Unfinished, what does that mean to them? But also, also, and more importantly, what are they going to do to drive change? What are they going to do to continue the dream. So that's kind of the first opportunity for uh, for the Friday. On Saturday, as you all know, we have the youth thing that Tana just talked about. And those youth, are they fabulous, Eddie? Did you love that? Absolutely. Genius. So I've been actually interviewing people. So we actually met up with them on Monday um, right here at Simply Soulful. And they're poets. They actually have, you know, poetry that they share about their journey and their vision. So I am so excited about the youth thing on Saturday, the youth event on Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday is the march. Thank you for shortening. I thought it was six miles. I saw that somewhere. So thank you for saying it's less than half six a mile. of a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a typo in my, in my content. Thank you for that. I might actually march now. I was like, I can't march six miles. So thank you for that. That's a good clarification. So I will make that update as soon as we get off this call. So 0.6 miles, that's good to know. But did you know, Eddie, that they're also doing a um, MLK Film Festival before the march? So at the at uh, NAM, they're going to have five, four or five films starting at 11 o'clock that are all related to the march and some Black people that documented various elements of that. So there's a film festival and a march, really, that's happening on the Sunday. From well, 11 I'm, really hoping, I'm really hoping that... Uh... Uh, Rainier Avenue Radio can stream the rally back to NAM for the people that can't march. Yes. So if they want to hear, I mean, it's good to know history, but it's also good to know what's going on right here and now. So uh, I talked to uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Lanisha to see if we can work that out to have that live stream back to NAM for the people that can't march, because there will probably be some people that can't march. So, uh, and then also, uh, I'll see if we can arrange to have that also go on the MLKCC uh, Facebook page and also on the website so that that's also streamed. We can make that available to as many people as possible because 
we need to recruit some people. Uh, this is some serious business, some serious issues that we're confronting, being confronted with, and uh, our rights are being chipped away in uh, hurry, and hurry, uh, and we got to speak up. So it, this is a very timely event, remembering where we were without any rights 60 years ago, and the rights we thought we won uh, in 64 and 65 are under challenge right now. So uh, go ahead, uh, uh, Dr. Tracy. No, I, I love that. Now, just the fact that you shared you want to have live streaming and the fact that you shared that the march is 0.6 miles. I'm a, in addition to, to the radio, I might be out there live streaming. <laughs> I think I can do 0.6, Andy. So we'll, we'll make we'll make that happen one way or another. So uh, that's exciting. That's going to be Sunday. And then on Monday, on Monday, 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 we're back at NAM. We're back at the Northwest African American Museum and we're hosting a panel and community forum. And it really is about a full invitation inviting community to come and share their voice. Once again, that will be recorded. You're creating a full documentary, Eddie, a full documentary telling the story about, you know, why people want to see change and what they're specifically going to do. And really collectively, what can we all do to truly drive change? So I'm, I could not be more excited. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Myself and Reverend Baber are going to lead the charge. we got several people that are going to be part of the, the committee. And really, community, this is for you. This is an invitation. We're inviting you to join us and to share your voice. I want to see if uh, Hayward has a comment or a question for you, uh, Dr. Tracy. Uh, Dr. Tracy, no, I want to thank you and Dr. Baber for everything that you've done. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. And I know on Monday with the, with the panel and the town hall discussions, and we're not talking about just, you know, pontificating on issues that have impacted us. We're talking about solution-based discussions and how we take it forward because this is a continuation. It's not about just a commemoration, but it's a continuation. And so I'm just so proud and I'm I'm so thankful for you. I'm I'm so thankful for you and Reverend Baber and where we're going. And so I want to say thank you and to the community, to the listenership. Hey, y'all need to be there. This is gonna be slamming elected officials, community leaders, and people like uh uh Dr. Harold here. We're finding solution and we're we're moving up in a positive direction. Thank you. I love it. I love that so much. I also am really just grateful for you, Eddie. I feel like, you know, you don't get to pause. I noticed there's a habit, Hayward, whenever I compliment Eddie, do you know what he says? He compliments somebody else. So we're going to have to find a way to pause him and just pour in the love for you, Eddie. None of us would be doing this if it wasn't for you. So we need to be, just expect a little surprise. <laughs> hey, to God be the glory. To yeah. God be the glory. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's very seldom somebody do something alone. So, I mean, you know, there are people around that uh, you, some people that are supporting you don't even see, but they're there. We know they're making phone calls, sending emails. I've had a, a couple of occasions to have some meetings and uh, the city council member said, oh, yeah, I got an email from X, Y, or Z. Uh, clarifying this issue. So, you know, it's always good to have people to, to use your voice, uh, uh, you know, uh, use your your email, uh, but on issues that need to be addressed, 
we got to address them. We cannot afford not to address them because it will have a negative impact on us. So, yes. Eddie, do you remember you you told me when we first started the youth program and we were on one of your planning calls and Louis Navarro was one of the voices that you said you should you should connect with him. It was you and Hayward were both kind of directing me to, to Lewis based on his comments. And so I was at a meeting today at Highline, Highline College and Lewis was there. And so we are cooking up a little surprise for you. <laughs> He loves you. He was just like anything that Eddie Rye asked me to do. I mean, I was like, look, I'm exactly the same way. So just know we're trying to cook something up for you because we are grateful. Okay. Well, you already yeah. sent me the winning numbers for the lottery, and that's all I need. <laughs> for 300, 300 million. I wouldn't need no more than that. that I would appreciate if y'all did that. <laughs> but uh, love I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for all of this. Okay. Well, I see uh, uh, Roger Evans joined join us already. So what I'm going to do is uh, uh, I'm going to take this break. Everybody hold on because I want everybody to have a, a closing comment. Raymond, you still on with us? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I want to make sure. I want to call and make sure you're there. Okay. So I tell you what, um, Eric, if we could take this break right now and I can thank these people that helped pay for the program again, that would be great. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to SoundTransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right, Eddie Wright back at Urban Forum Northwest with Eric playing them rocking sounds he got. He, you know, he was a DJ at one time. So uh, anyway, uh, Roger Evans uh, from the Seattle Griot Project uh, is on the line right now. And uh, Roger, you know, we understand that uh, you and uh, your cohort, uh, Clyde Merriweather, you guys have got together and got a, a building in West Seattle. And on the call on... Uh, on uh, Tuesday, uh, I mentioned something about uh, 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 Clyde said, we're in West Seattle. I said, yep. He said, we're trying to educate some white folks. And I said, yeah, you can come to the CD and do that, brother. Because, I know that's right. Yeah, come on. Seattle, Seattle is 7% African-American, 7%. And when you don't have affirmative action for 25 years, you can see how it happens. And mm -hmm. then when, when uh, last year, African-American businesses received 018 percent of the state's business 
And after Governor Ezra Sanders' executive order, black businesses received 0.22%. So, you know, you can't buy a hundred or $900,000 house with uh, 0.22%. And uh, so anyway, so we, we deal with those issues. We got members of the Congressional Black Caucus and that. So why don't you start off by telling us about the Seattle Griot Project. And we definitely want to hear about uh, some ownership of property in a building in West Seattle. That sounds great. Too bad they moved High Point. You'd have some black folks around there. Now they all have, they all have expensive view homes now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Grill Project was an effort to um, preserve the black heritage that was in the central area beginning with. And uh, we interact with people like Eddie Rye and uh, several other people who had collected um, archives and things that were pertaining to the central area from the, from the 50s on up to 2000. So what we're doing now is we're having a place to present that, a place where communities come and watch and, and follow the black legacy of Washington State, uh, whether it's um, down in central Washington, whether it's down in eastern Washington, or whether it's in the central area of, of Seattle. So here you'll find, um, um, uh, lots of visuals, you'll see video, you'll see audio, I mean, you'll hear audio, you'll see um, timelines when, when, when black people came into the communities and built their communities and thrived in their communities, and even some of the decline of it, and you'll see things that we, we, we vaguely remember. I mean, um, the Rosalind Northwest Black Pioneers have supplied uh, uh, videotapes of some of the, some of the, the black fest community festivals we ain't seen since the 90s, the 80s. So um, this is going to be that place where we get to experience our blackness when it thrived in our community and maybe even create some new ideas to go and do it in other places now. And it's a 9,000 square foot installation. It's large. Yeah. yeah. What is the address? And uh, give us more information about the building and uh, exactly how can people access it? Are you going to be in a position where people can have receptions there or any other kind of activities like that? So the building was formerly called uh, Sanctuary off of Ab at Admiral. Um, the address is 2656 42nd Avenue Southwest in Seattle, 98116. Um, the location used to be when they first built it in 1929, a Christian science church. Then they evolved it into an, a wedding and event location. Um, under, um, if you make an appointment and you have a special event, you ought to talk with us. We could we could facilitate weddings. We could facilitate um, lectures. We could facilitate parties. Um, there's uh, two different levels. The main level, which is going to be the level that we um, um, offer all the events. The downstairs level is going to be the museum level where we will highlight that black heritage that we were talking about earlier. So the main level has a stage. It has a dining area. It has a large kitchen area. It has an area where you could possibly get wine and drinks. Um, it's a very nice establishment location. Again, it's 2656 42nd Avenue South, Southwest in West Seattle. It'll probably be ready and available for service uh, early October. We, we're, still, we're still cleaning it up from the pandemic. It was closed down for several years. We're going through cleaning, washing floors cleaning up windows, all kinds of stuff. It was it was vacant for two years. Yeah, I think it'd be good if you guys could post uh, some pics on Facebook or something as soon as you get it squared away. So people can we get We have it. pictures on Facebook already. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can send you links. 
Um, we, I mean, it, and when you look at it from pictures, it's it's fantastic location, fantastic. I'll uh, send you some. I'll send you some photographs tonight. You can post them on your site if you like. I certainly will. Anything I can do to help, because uh, uh, black ownership of a facility that size is rare in uh, the city of Seattle. So, I mean, we do have the Southern Miss Community Preservation and Development Authority, which is a really a state entity because it's a development authority. But it is under the control of Sade and Gerald Bradford and the uh, Central District Community Preservation Development Authority Board, uh, also known as the McKinney Center. And I have to tell some people it's known as the McKinney Center because the building was built to house the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Program, which mm -hmm. is SOIC. Yep, and yep. That program was brought here by Reverend Samuel Barry McKinney. He is the mm -hmm. one that brought it here, and that's why it's very appropriate for it to be named the McKinney Center. So, uh, Roger, you said these uh, this stuff is up on on uh, already on. Uh... Yep, it's on. It's actually on the Seattle Grio Project site right now. Um, one of the things that um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, one of the things God, it eludes me now. Uh, one of the one of the things we're going to be doing um, is as we start to adorn the location, people who come in there, they're going to find that they're going to see a lot of displays of, uh, of, of our history. You'll see timelines of stuff. You'll see on the monitors uh, people like uh, um, William, William Craven. You'll see Paul S. Barnett. You'll see Bill McIntosh. You'll see Nate Long. You'll see um, um, all kinds of these faces. You'll see uh, Dorothy Hollingsworth, all these people who are uh, instrumental in, in adding substance to our community and leaving a legacy. So... As, as, as we start to adorn this location, people who come and, 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 and uh, want to have events will have reference to their community already on screens or on, on plaques and plaquettes to talk about that essence of our black community that we don't, we don't talk very often about no more. You mentioned earlier about having archives already, uh, already up. What do you have up? Um, right now on the Grio project, we have some sample sample archives that we're still um, building. So a lot of those uh, newspapers that we that, that we archive from um, um, your archive is up on online, so they can go up there and look at a couple of fax newspapers. Um, they can download a PDF. Um, so the stuff is up there for free. Um, it's stuff we ain't seen in 20, 30, 50 years. And and as we grow, as we grow the essence of the of both the Grio project and the Washington State Black Legacy Institute, that's what it's formally named, Washington State Black Legacy Institute, they're going to be able to find more and more content that reflects on that black legacy. That's our objective is to make sure we have content so our children can understand our greatness in this community. And uh, when when will this be available? I'm, we're working on it daily, so okay. it's little okay. by little, yeah, okay. a little bit every day. Okay, I was just trying to figure out uh, how uh, folks could access. Now, if if people come out to when the building opens, they'll yep. be able to view all the stuff you're talking about. Yes, there should be terminals in there. We're going to do a digital literacy course pretty soon. Um, the digital literacy course is going to be working in conjunction with um, the Affordable Co Connectivity Act, so. If you if, if you can't afford uh, digital resources and, and you're below the poverty level, we'll be able to supply those resources to you at no cost to you. We're, we're plugging in so we can create a, a bridge to divide 
from people who can't get access to the internet to people who just don't have um, things like home computers and stuff. We're going to have all of that available for folks. Okay. Well, I think uh, Clyde Merriweather is going to be joining us by phone. I haven't haven't, okay. seen, haven't seen him click on as of yet. Uh, but when he does, we will go to him because we just got a couple of minutes left. Okay. Uh, I guess he had the same problem that Tana had. They, they're not getting the website, but I know he's C.R. Murr. <laughs> that, that's where I, that's yep. where I yep. sent it to. So, but anyway, yep. uh, if he gets on, we got about a minute or two left for him. And besides, I'm on every Thursday, so uh, we can catch up with people like Dr. Carter that we missed, missed today because uh, he's in a very prominent position with uh, this, uh, the breakfast group of, uh, of Seattle. And uh, matter of fact, not this weekend is busy. The following weekend is Labor Day weekend. And uh, okay, mm-hmm. Clyde Merriweather's on the phone. We got two minutes for Clyde. Hey, Clyde, how you doing? I'm doing fine, my friend. I'm doing fine. Okay, Roger gave us a spill already, but uh, since uh, since you got <laughs> on the line, I'm not telling the lie on my Facebook page about you being a guest. So anyway, <laughs> I, I'm glad you called in. Roger's covered everything very well. And uh, we'll get together after the program and deal with the rest of the business at hand. So anyway, uh, I thought I was going to be able to have a little bit more time, but this uh, project's going to be going on for quite a while. We'll have you guys on to give us a constant update, especially when you get close to being able to uh, uh, to have the public come in and use the facility for various events. So uh, but anyway, at this time, I want to thank Raymond Miller leader of the Snohomish County 60th anniversary activity that's going to be held on Saturday. Uh, Tana Yasu, uh, who's up the, letting up the youth, young adult event on Saturday. Uh, we had Lincoln uh, Wilmore and Chardonnay Beaver on who are involved with that, both speakers. Dr. Tracy Arell is doing an outstanding job. I want to thank Stan Shikumu, president of the Seattle chapter of the Japanese American Citizens League. So thank you all. I'll be here again next Thursday. But I do want to thank the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, the Brothers on the African Lounge of Mountain Room Bar on Concourse A, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the City of Seattle's uh, Purchasing and Construction Services Department, and don't forget that the Northwest African American Museum, GALA, is coming up on October 6th. Uh, Lanisha de Bartleman will be on in the next week or so to talk about how they're faring there. And... Uh, want to give a shout out. Welcome back to town, uh, uh, director of the Seattle Urban League. I also want to mention that Whitney Young, uh, who was president of the National Urban League, was at the 63 March on Washington. I do believe my memory is not failing me. But uh, anyway, do something to commemorate the 60th anniversary. Uh, hopefully uh, the pastors will spread the word. They will be having a preach-in on Friday at 7 o'clock at Martin King Jr. Memorial Baptist Church in Renton. Thank you, everybody. My time is up. Thank you, Eric, and we'll see everybody later. Yeah.